Welcome to Palm Vista Community Church as we conclude our series in the letter to the Galatians. We've entitled this series, Fresh Faith, Fresh Faith. And this is the end of the series. We began it on July the 8th, so it's been about two months. And I've titled this message as well, Fresh Faith. And we're going to be looking in a moment at Galatians 3, verses 5 to 9, But before we get there, I want to ask you a question. Is your faith fresher today than when we began on July the 8th? Now, what is the component? What are the components of fresh faith? That's a, a legitimate question to ask. And if you haven't been here these last two months, it's a great question to ask. But to summarize it for you, I've got a scripture that really encapsulate what we mean when we say fresh faith. And it's Galatians 2, 16 on the screen. Galatians 2, 16. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. So fresh faith, as we have studied, is faith in Christ and his work, not faith in ourselves and our works to gain approval with God or to be made right with God, or as we saw in that scripture, to be justified before God. Fresh faith trusts in Christ and his works. It does not trust or look to us and our works. As a matter of fact, when we look to ourselves and our own works, our faith becomes stale. Our faith becomes old and moldy and crusty. Like when you reach in there and want a fresh piece of bread and you pull it out of the little bin. My wife makes homemade bread. And so if it's not fresh, happened yesterday, uh, you'll You put the piece of bread and it's got mold on it. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, boop, that goes in the garbage can. And our our faith can get that way. It can get moldy, can't we, Christian? And and if you're here and you're not a Christian, thank you for coming. You're going to hear what the stuff of fresh faith is, what it means for God to give you faith, the object of that faith. But, But the goal of our series was to to receive fresh faith so that we might then be able to give that bread of life, Christ himself, to other people. So my question to you is, is your faith fresher today than when we began July 8th? Now, there are many ways, there are many diagnostic questions to ask to help determine how fresh your faith is. There are many. But as Corey and I were praying the last couple of weeks... And as God was burdening our hearts for you, church, as we have been preaching through Galatians, it's been such a joy. And we've been thinking about fresh faith. God began to emerge a theme for us. It was exciting for us because I feel like this is for you, church. This is, this is gift wrapped for you. This is God's word for you from his word, but applied to this church at this time. And, and here, here's the answer that I came up with. From this text, I believe it's from God. How you can tell if your faith is fresh. Are you dreaming again? I put it this way. 
the main point of the sermon this morning. Fresh faith looks like dreaming God's gospel dreams. Dreaming God's gospel dreams. Do you remember a time, maybe in your youth, or if you're young, maybe yesterday, when you were dreaming? What do you want to be today? What do you want to be, Caleb, my little grandson? I want to be a Star Wars warrior. I want to be a firefighter. I want to be an attorney. Remember that when you were a little girl, a little boy? I want to be whatever. Fill in the blank. Do you remember that when, you, when dreams were right there? You were dreaming. And as Christians, God calls us to dream, to dream his gospel dreams. The question I have for you is, are you dreaming again? Are you dreaming before God? Or have you walked down the boulevard of broken dreams enough that you've just stopped dreaming? And and where do you go? Where does one go to have one's dreams come true? It's not a park in Orlando. Though the reason that it's so successful is because we're made in the image of God and God made us to be dreamers. You know that, right? You crush a man or woman's dream and you crush their soul. You crush your, you stop dreaming and your, your soul begins to shrink. You just got your head down grinding every day. You've lost your dreams. It's too painful to dream. It's too dangerous to dream. Or, as Galatians teaches us, it's hard to dream God's gospel dreams when you're working feverishly to gain God's favor. Corey said it this way uh, a couple of weeks ago when he preached from this very text. He said that it's hard to dream God's gospel dream when you're all wrapped up in performing for God. Fresh faith frees you from the joy-killing, risk-averse performance trap. I'm not dreaming anymore. I'm just hoping I don't get in trouble with God or I somehow can gain God's favor. So I'm just going to put my head down. I'm going to play the Christian game. And I stopped dreaming. And it could be so imperceptible, right? Just get a little more cranky every day, which happens to old men. I've always prayed. I said, Lord, don't let me be that cranky old man, you know, that we used to make fun of, you know? This pants hitched up to here, wearing the shorts with the white socks up to here. In Miami, you know, they was all over the place. Just mumbling to himself, mad at everybody. But, but you know what? Even though you're young, you can become a cranky old man because life is no fun anymore. A dozen children will do that to you sometimes. (laughs) Having people say no to you, door after door closed. A broken relationship will do that to you. Your boss hammering on you just consistently. The hopes you had for relationships, that dream job, that dream home, that dream relationship, that dream ministry, that dream church, that dream family. Broken, you're walking down, shuffling down the boulevard of broken dreams, looking at shuttered homes that represent all these dreams. And after all, you become cynical 
and you, you, you stop. I'm done with dreaming. I'm just going to make, I'm, gonna, I'm a survivor. See, that's what happens when you think you have to work your way to earn God's favor. It, theology, God determines everything in this life. And though people don't know it, if one does not understand that one is made right with God, the very creator of the universe, at the very essence of a man or a woman's being, that where one can be made right is by faith in Christ and his works, not my works, one becomes self-righteous and cranky and mean and, and, and whatever you want to say, a personality driven or aloof and withdrawn, whatever we do to try to make our dreams come true, or you just live in fantasy land, you just live for every weekend that you can go to that park and see if they can actually fulfill their promise of where dreams come true for a lifetime. And you forget that Jesus says, I will make the dream come true for all eternity. But we subtly forget that. And, And God in Galatians brings us back to that. And fresh faith looks like dreaming God's dreams, his gospel dreams. Let's take a look at those. Point one, God's gospel dreams. God gave us this letter to describe for us what is a gospel dream. All right, Al, what is the dream? Is it my dream to be a doctor? Is it my dream to be a scientist? Is it my dream to be a a nature preservist? living in the wilderness of, you know, Oregon or Alaska. It's my dream to build the perfect house and own my own company. Yes and no. <laughs> Those come second, right? But here's the first thing that God teaches us about dreams. You ready for this? He teaches us from Galatians 3, 5 to 9. Let's read it real quick. See if you catch it. What's the first mark of a God's gospel dreams? If I'm supposed to be dreaming again, Al, if that's what fresh faith means, Al, what are those dreams? Well, here are those dreams. Galatians 3, verses 5 to 9. You there? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Here's the first point. Gospel dreams are birthed by God. We don't just come up with them on our own. God drops them in our hearts. How can you say that, Al? Well, this guy Abraham, in case you don't know or if you knew and forgot, was a a, a nomad, a guy who was kind of living in modern-day Iraq, Syria, Turkey, that whole area right there. He was a pagan. And God said, Abraham, in fact, there's a quote here uh, in verse 8b, and you shall all the nations be blessed. That's actually a quote from Genesis 12. You can go back and read that story later. It's a true story. But Abraham was not seeking God. Abraham did not dream that through him all the nations would be blessed. Abraham was just trying to probably figure out how to feed his family, large family, and he was just walking around. He was living as a pagan, did not know God. And God came to Abraham and said, Abraham, I've chosen you and through you, Abraham means father of multitudes. Through you, all the nations will be blessed. 
God's gospel dreams are God's dreams that he drops in your heart. Just like we, Christian, and if you are a Christian, you did not choose God. You were wandering around in your Iraq and Syria and modern day Turkey, and you were a pagan. Some of us were more pagan than others, but you were a pagan, and God said, hey, you, boom, I'm going to give you my dream that I began at the very beginning of time when the dream of paradise turned into a nightmare because of man's sin and the curse that came at creation. And I promised that I would restore that dream. I would bring a savior. And I called this guy Abraham around 2000 BC and told him, you will be the father of a multitude. And one of that multitude, one person from your seed, from all your children that you're gonna have, will be the savior And that one savior will be Jesus Christ. And Abraham believed in Jesus Christ. Ah, I can see your face with your arms crossed there. Where do you see that, Big Al? Well, look at verse eight. What does verse eight say? And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the what? The gospel. What? Preached the gospel beforehand to whom? Abraham. Whoa, whoa. Oh, this is God preaching the gospel. It's not just Al. I do it trembling before God. But I think God probably did a better job of preaching the gospel to Abraham than I'm doing right now. We have the record of it. So God gave Abraham a promise and said that there will be a descendant, Jesus Christ, the gospel. He is the gospel who will bless all the nations, who will reverse the curse. It's Jesus who makes your dreams come true for all eternity. Here's the kicker. There was no way Abraham could make that dream come true. Now, this is, listen to me carefully. This has got gospel written all over it. This is what God was speaking to the Galatians back in like 50 something AD. They were trying to make their dream, they were trying to please God on their own with their own good works, circumcision back then, and all the good things they were doing, keeping the law back then. And God said, Stop it. You can only have faith in Jesus to be made right with me. And if you don't live by that faith, you're going to have stale faith, maybe not any faith at all. But that's the same thing he said to Abraham back in 2000 BC, because at the time that God gave Abraham this promise, the father of multitudes, Abraham had zero children with his wife, Sarah. So Abraham and Sarah had zero children. And as I said earlier, here's the kicker. And Abraham was pushing a hundred years old. Now, I know there are some men in this church that have fathered children late in life. And hats off to those guys. But not even the oldest one among them was north of 90 or close to 100. You understand that when a woman is in her 90s and a man is in 100 years old, in the natural, it is impossible. You you get that, right? But what does the scripture say here? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. This is the fresh faith we're talking about. It's faith to have God's dream, not just my own selfish dreams, but God's dream. And then typically God's dream is impossible for me to make happen. Abraham could not make his wife be pregnant. It just wasn't possible. His body was as good as dead as was her. Her womb was no longer going to have children in the natural. But he believed God, and what happened? Skipping to the end of the story, God gave him a son. And from that son came the nation of Israel. Abraham had Isaac, and Isaac had Jacob, 
Jacob's name was changed to Israel and he had 12 sons and those 12 sons became the 12 tribes of Israel. And then 2,000 years later, the promise of blessings to all the nations came in Jesus Christ, the subject of our faith, the object of our faith, the one who gives us faith. Faith is preaching Jesus, the gospel. The one who on the cross died and took my sins and the sins of every believer, every elect of God, and on the cross gave us his righteousness. So now we have faith in him and his works, not mine, and rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. And then the Father and the Son sent the Holy Spirit. See, what we see here in this text is God our triune God, God the Father, sent God the Son, Jesus Christ, to die and raise from the dead for our sins to give us his righteousness. And then God the Son ascended into heaven and God the Father and God the Son sent God the Holy Spirit, who's here right now, to give us life, to give us fresh faith and to give us the ability to dream again. What's the dream? The dream that God continues to bless the nations through Jesus, his son, and through us, through what we're doing. He continues to bless the nations through our lives. He continues to bless the nations through those who trust in him for their righteousness. So here's the question. Are your dreams God's gospel dreams based on faith in Christ alone who justifies you before God and sends you out to declare and demonstrate that justification before man? Or are you afraid to dream God's dreams? God's gospel dreams because you're trying to stay in God's favor by being a good person. See, this question takes us back to fresh faith and what it looks like. Point two, fresh faith. Fresh faith. As we mentioned, Abraham could not produce a child. He was too old. God gave him that child. The father of multitudes became truly the father of a child at age 100, and it was miraculous. And so in our lives, God frees us from this performance trap. He frees us from this shrunken soul that can only dream about what I can do. So like, if if my dream is I'm going to go ahead and change the light bulb in the light over my living room that doesn't work, and I'm going to fix the switch so that the fan can, can turn a little faster than it does now because they're both broken. If that's as big as my dream is, because I know I can go to Lowe's or Home Depot and get the stuff, and I know that I can work on it all day, and when I break everything, I can call Tim Kelso, and he'll come and help me fix it. That's a playing it safe dream. That's the dream of a man or a woman who's trying to work their way to God and their life's all about doing all the right things. They're shuffling through that boulevard of broken dreams, going to church, having your quiet time, doing your devotions with your kids. But it's kind of like, eh, you're incapable of dreaming. How about dreaming if I could build a new house in my neighborhood? This is just a for instance, okay? (laughs) That could house other people, maybe some of those foster kids. Or take care of, a, of, a, of, a, of my mother-in-law who's not doing well in Phoenix. Or witness to those neighbors across the street. Ah, now that's a dream that uh, if God's not in that dream, guess what? It's not happening. I can't just go to Lowe's and buy a new house in Country Club of Miami. But if God is in it, if, if it is one of those dreams God has given me, how exciting to dream it. What are you dreaming? 
Is your soul so shrunken that you've, you've lost the ability and you're incapable of dreaming God's gospel dreams? That's the question. Are you playing it safe? If you are, then you probably have faith that's a little stale. If you're not playing it safe, within reason, within the, the logic of the gospel, within you know, what you can do in the sense of, you know, I'm not dreaming to go to space you know, with... Uh, Who's the Tesla guy that's going to launch, you know, cars into space? All right, forget that one. But, you know, stuff that's audacious, gospel stuff, you know, that, that God has put on your heart. That's the question this morning. Are you dreaming again? Are you even asking God again? Like, Lord, I don't even know what to dream, but give me a dream to dream that's beyond what I can do, but it's a gospel dream for your glory. It's about you, Jesus, and it's about helping others and helping the poor and and serving other people and preaching the gospel. I'm just saying, are you willing to dream again? That's what the gospel does in us. It's this fresh faith. It's following God as he's on the move, fulfilling his promise to make all things right in Christ and calling us to dream these audacious gospel dreams. It frees us from the performance trap, as Corey so aptly said several weeks ago. So what are these gospel dreams? Now, before you answer that question, let me just remind you again that the object of our fresh faith is what we have already in Christ. We are justified. We are sanctified. We are glorified. Now, I know the sanctified and glorified peace hasn't happened fully yet. I get that. We are justified if you're a Christian by faith in Christ. One day you will be like Christ. The Bible promises that. That's sanctification. But it's ours. It's ours because God fulfills his work. Because once God has you, no one can take you away from him. And he said he's going to make us and conform us to the image of Christ. So it's ours, even though it's being worked out every day, right? It's called sanctification. And the fact that we will have glorified bodies and we will be in the true place where dream comes, dreams come true for all eternity in paradise of God We have it, though not yet. Theologians call this the already not yet. That is our faith. And it's a gift from God. And it's yours. And it's guaranteed by the Holy Spirit that God has given us. So keeping that in mind, what does fresh faith look like in your life? Now, I can't answer for you. But I can maybe let you peek under the covers of the dreams that I'm starting to dream again. It's just an example. Start writing your own list now. Your sanctified dreams. What are they? Here are some of mine. I have faith for sharing the gospel in South Florida afresh and focusing on Muslims. I've met a few. I have a heart for that. When I, when I first was called into the ministry, I thought we were going to go to North Africa and serve among the Moroccan people. They're called the Berber people. They look a lot like Spanish people. In fact, they have a lot in common with Spaniards. They're not Arabic. They're, they're Muslim, but they're... And I've, just, I've got a heart for the Muslim world, and I'm, I want to have fresh faith to reach out to Muslims in South Florida. You know Muslims have a major thrust right now to reach the Hispanic community, especially disaffected young Hispanic men. And they're making inroads. I could tell you of mosques in Hialeah and Hialeah Gardens. I've talked to the imam. So I want, I want to have fresh faith for that. Isn't that a cool dream? That's, that's, a, that's a great life, man. What are you doing today? You going to watch the Gators beat somebody again? No, I have a fresh dream. 
It's Saturday afternoon. Who cares about that? I'm going to go meet with the imam. I've got a dream that the gospel can penetrate that man's heart. And if not, you know what? If I fail, so what? It's not really failure because it's God's dream. I mean, I don't know if specifically he's going to use me to bring a revival amongst Muslims in South Florida. Maybe, maybe not. But you know what? You never fail because it is a dream worth pursuing because it's for the glory of God, not for the glory of Alpino. Right? I mean, are, are your dreams too small? Are your dreams worth pursuing? God informs those dreams. Listen, they can be very specific. They can be a dream career. That's great. You hear me, right? Go for it, man. It can beat it, make a lot of money. The Bible talks about men and women that have the gift of giving. You know what that means? They have the gift of making a lot of money, but their hearts are sanctified. They understand it's a gospel dream so that they can give to care for foster children at the Florida Baptist Children's Home. Because I think it takes a couple of dollars to sustain that place, right, Grace? Yeah, just a couple, right. Another dream I have is a dream for a ministry center. Actually, I have a bigger one than that. But Corey's helped me, and I think this is wisdom. I've got a dream for a church building, right? Yes, yeah, so Sam's, amen, because she's here at 8 o'clock in the morning setting up for the worship team, right? But I, I have a real dream for a ministry center. Well, you know, we're looking right now. We've got people helping us. We, we, we're, we're looking at a couple of properties. It's going to take a couple of dollars. But I have a dream for that. Fresh dream, fresh faith. Why? Because we, we can have a presence in the community. We can have outreaches. We can care for the poor. We can have women's, men's ministries. We can do youth ministry. Um, I have faith for the structures here at Palm Vista to make disciples. I have faith for the 20-somethings group. I have faith for the equip uh, career, college and career group. I have faith for the catalyst youth ministry. I have faith for our community groups. I have faith for outreach, as we mentioned, to the fatherless and the needy. I have faith to experience the empowering presence of God in our lives on a regular basis. I'm hungry for the power of God to be displayed so that youth don't just come in here and sit here and just like not even pay attention. But the Holy Spirit is just like, bam, on them. I remember those days when I was growing up in South Florida. Look, God saved me from a very bad, bad background. In the late 60s, I was fully immersed in that whole culture of drugs and all the other stuff that went with it. I was, I was in middle school, man. But I remember what happened. It was the Jesus, God, Jesus movement. God started moving in a powerful way. One of my best friends, we were both thrown out of junior high school at the same time for 40 days for doing bad stuff. And I was so happy because we could just go do drugs together for 40 days. And he comes the next day and he goes, I don't do that anymore. Jesus saved me last night. And his mom was an old kind of, you know, hair up in a bun, you know, I don't know, Quaker or brethren or something like that. And, and it was in Hollywood, Florida. And she knew, and her son was, was freaking out on LSD, which sadly we used to do together. And she didn't know what to do. And she grabbed her son, you know, in her long dress with her, you know, whatever, you know, thick glasses and her hair up in a bun. And she heard about some young hippies with long hair in Hollywood, Florida. They were right near the railroad track. So it was right on Dixie. And, and my friend said to me, yeah, we went to this place and it was crazy. Every time the train went by, the whole building shook, but this guy was praying for me and he shared the gospel with me. And, and Al, I'm a different man today. This guy was the worst. I was right behind him. I was second worst. He was the worst. They just threw him out. You know, they threw him out for being incorrigible. Literally, that's why they threw him out. How's that? <laughs> you got to be pretty bad to get thrown out for being incorrigible in South Florida, in Miami. 
That guy today loves the Lord, has a family, supports missions. Listen, that was happening all around our school. I remember North Miami Senior High. There were Bible studies on the lawn. Now, you know, I've been studying recently about the Great Awakenings in the United States, the, the Second Great Awakening in particular from like 1801 to about 1840. Thousands of people got saved. Churches grew by 50 to 100%. Why not dream that with me? God's going to do it. And if it doesn't happen, so what? Most of your dreams don't happen anyways. <laughs> At least, sorry, I'm just being real here, right? Okay. At least dream ones that are worth not having happen. Come on, man. Yeah. It's true. Somebody's going to step on that dream. But no one can step on God's dreams. Do you understand that? All right. So what's the appeal? Here's the appeal as we bring this thing home. God, the Holy Spirit, is blowing a fresh wind of his empowering presence upon us at Palm Vista. He's bringing times of refreshment for fresh faith that we might together dream his gospel dreams for our lives, for our families, for our church, for our community, for this world. God, the Spirit is here with us today to assure us and to strengthen us. He strengthens our weak hearts. He says, listen, I'm going to give you the strength to run and not be weary, to walk and to not faint as we go with the gospel. He assures our hearts of his acceptance in Christ by Christ's work, not my work. He tells us, I have all authority and I send you to go make disciples. It's going to happen and it's happening. So I want us to take a moment simply to seek God together. And respond to his word right now. I want us to pray with all of our hearts for the fresh faith God has given us as believers and for his gospel dreams to flourish in our hearts. Now, you may be saying, but I don't know God nor the work of Christ. Well, then my appeal for you, friend, is to ask God to forgive you of your sins and to give you faith to believe that in Christ you were made right with God. There's nothing you can do to be made right with God. Christ did it, but you must repent. Confess that you're a sinner and trust Christ as your savior. Others of you may be saying, probably most of you, but Al, I've stopped dreaming God's gospel dreams because I'm caught in the performance trap that Corey talked about several weeks ago. Or I've just had so many broken dreams and broken relationships that I'm, I'm just afraid to dream anymore. Every time I fall asleep to dream, it ends up being a nightmare. And I tell you, Jesus Christ is the one who converts those nightmares into dreams. He reverses the curse. Let's pray together and let's pray for one another that we might receive fresh faith and dream God's gospel dreams. What is your dream, friend? If I were to ask you right now, you can have anything you want. You can do anything you want. What would it be? See, a Christian has those dreams informed by God, the Holy Spirit. So let's pray for that. Let's pray that God would pour out his spirit upon us. So bow your heads with me in prayer. Worship team, would you join me up here? Father, we stand before you as a group of people who, because of how life has gone for us, we join the rest of humanity. We try and we dream and we hope and we work. And because of the fall, there, 
Oftentimes we're confronted with thorns and thistles and frustrations and no's and closed doors. And just about the time we get our dream home built, Hurricane Irma comes and knocks it down, metaphorically speaking. Just the time we get all of our investments all set up, something happens and they all go tumbling down. Lord, Lord, give us, first of all, the faith that we are made right with you by Christ's works, not ours. Lord, we're all, we're all reforming self-righteous aholics. We all want to add a little bit of our own righteousness to this deal. Let us repent of that and say, Jesus, we are saved by faith in you alone. Because of God's grace alone, through the word of God alone. For your glory alone. And may that freedom, may that fresh faith release us to dream again, Lord. There'd be a bounce in our step. The boulevard of broken dreams is converted to a beautiful main street of God's kingdom dreams. Some of them not yet seen fully, some of them still a dream. But oh God, give us your dream. Expand our souls of what Christ did on the cross his resurrection from the dead and pouring out his spirit upon us pray this in Jesus name Amen